VIP. Let's kick it. That might be my best material, and I wasted it already. I mean, I was recording, so that's fine. Also, your wife doesn't listen, so, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I was actually talking about the builder, but, yeah, same, same. Oh, I mean, it, it's just a, another degree of separation from the the ultimate boss who's telling you how to do this sort of stuff. Mm, that's true. So you are the pool boy. I am. I am the pool boy. Yes. I, I. I am the. I am the labourer to the labourer. That's how. Yeah. That's how uh, my day went. You are the. You are the assistant to the assistant to the assistant yeah. director. He's got a labourer, and I labour for him. So yes. I think they do like our work site though, because you know they rock up. Would you like a coffee? And then I cook them burgers for lunch. And then no, oh, it's four o'clock, boys. You want a beer? Oh yes, please. You never say. Well, the labourer to the labourer, the labourer is paying for this shit. So maybe. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Mm. So this been, been a bit of basketball happened since last time we were we were on. I the mean, pod. there hasn't there hasn't there's been basketball of some description, but it's been a whole bunch of often it's just been dudes wearing the uniform of a recognisable basketball franchise, mm. but guys who've been out of the league for fifty seven years, uh, what's, doing something what's, that is recognisably basketball, but not necessarily NBA level. What's Zach Lowe's little bit that he does at the end end of the season? Is the Mark Walton All Stars or something? Uh, it was the Luke Walton All Stars, but I, susp- I suspect he needs to rename them, given that Luke Walton is a doubly fired coach and a credibly accused sex offender. Mm. <sighs> it's tiring, fucking being a but, sports but fan. Maybe, maybe he needs to. Uh, maybe he needs to do like a a ten day. Uh, replacement level all star. The Lance Stevenson all stars. That's right. Speaking of people who are incredibly accused of doing terrible who, things, who I threw a, a tremendous amount of shade at, and then came out in his ten day, like he had you listened to every second. A, a tropical rainforest of shade at, and then he went on to do what he's proceeded to do, and he's probably going to be guaranteed for the rest of the season. He is like Banana Man in that Indiana jersey, though. He cannot do anything at all what? for any other team. He always has a teddy bear a- with him? <laughs> well, I would not put yeah. that past him. He is useless in any other shirt that isn't isn't the Indiana Pacers. I wonder whether- he, He's you know, almost like the, 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 the reincarnation of that terrible fucking movie they made about Indiana basketball. Was it Hickory? The, I forgot what the name of it. The one with Hickory- Hi, I'm going to edit this uh-huh. out at some stage. Yeah, okay. I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, which is unusual. Oh, you know, the um, one they always fucking reference, Hoosiers. Oh, Hoosiers. Right. They, they made a remake yeah. of that. 
Okay, that Who's seems ill-advised. Electric Hoogaloo. That's a movie that Bill Simmons is uh, reevaluating because it might be a bit racist. So, if, oh, if is the, he going through a journey? Is Bill Simmons finally go, having a fucking reckoning and discovering just how fucking white middle class and comfortable his worldview is? That would be a fascinating fucking world to live in. The black people in his office have finally convinced him, "Hey, your worldview—it's fucked." Yeah, I think it would be a pretty slow realisation, but I was like, wow. Yeah, that, yeah, I think it would. That movie must really be uh, quite upfront racist. If, well, if, it is, oh. given that the, the well-organised white kids beat the shit out of the um, the, the showboating black kids. You know, it's yeah. that's kind of the go. It's very much uh, pander to the, um, to the racial majority. Uh, yeah, so... I guess before today, if we'd recorded this three hours and if Luca hadn't ruined our fun, we if, would if have we'd been... recorded this before you, and, and by, by you I mean me, hadn't tweeted that it's fantastic to see a young team come of age and make the leap right in front of our eyes, and then the Mavericks proceeded to fucking puree the wind streak fucking Grizzlies in front of our eyes. Um, I don't mind that wind streak dying though, because. Win streaks have to end at some stage, don't they? I mean, yeah, yeah, and and it they they sort of get to be a a little bit too much pressure, you know. It's like another win in the win streak Um, because there's so little narrative that goes on at this time of year that anything becomes, you know, becomes a thing to talk about. um, I do not think like they could have beaten been beaten by a hundred points, and it would not have dented their confidence. They are absolutely the we believe. Uh, 2022 team, they do not give a fuck about anyone. They have made, I mean, look, I stand by my statement. They have made the leap in front of us, and it is really cool. And, it, and it's been a long time since we've seen a team go from, oh, these guys are all right, to, oh, fuck, they are serious contenders. Mm. I don't even think you can say that about the 15, 16, or, or sorry, the 13, 14 Warriors. Yep. The ones, the, the, the ones who played the Donald Sterling Clippers. Clippers, yep. Yeah, the, well, last, even year, before the that, last year of Mark Jackson. You no, felt even like before they were that, the, but it wasn't the, quite the year. The year that they took two games off the Spurs or one game off the Spurs and then I think they took one game off the Spurs and then absolutely, you know, choked in a way a young team would choke against a really professional team and then ended up losing the series in six or something. But you could just see, you could see when they got there you know, a little bit more reps that they were just yeah. going to be a monster. The, be- the um, better comp might actually be the OKC team that made the finals because mm. they went from, oh, they're okay to, oh, shit, they're a, a significant. And it's hard not to judge them by the fact that they didn't actually go on to do anything subsequently because they, they split up and, you know, parts went everywhere and, and you know, players got injured and so on and so forth. But that side that, that played LeBron in the, um, in the finals – that was a fucking that, – that felt like a step. Well, I'll give you a Warriors comp because I've been wondering for ages, you know, Curry's changed the game in the way he shoots, but he also has another whole part of his game, which is his unselfishness and his, the fact that he's willing to give up the ball and set screens and cut and run and run and run and run. And I was like, where, where are the kids coming through that, that mimic that part of his game? And Jamarant doesn't shoot like Curry, not at all. But fuck, he does all that other stuff like Curry. Yep. Like, did, did you see the um? So not the game they lost. Who did they? 
Not oh, today's game. Ga- but- it was the Warriors game where he he was on a it was a three on three and um he had the ball and he gives it up to Bain and then straight away pivots into this little sort of flare screen to to get Bain free for a three pointer and like every other point guard in that situation is just well especially with his speed and explosiveness is just like I'm taking this to the rack you know <laughs> I'm going to dunk this all over your fool and he's like no no that the best the best option is the good three-pointer and I'll set a hard screen and get this guy open. It's like, man, like you would just, if you were a, a secondary star, how much would you love it if your superstar played like that? Like that is just yeah. some some next level Tim Duncan sort of shit that is a really, really rare thing in the NBA. But it, you know? it, it results in winning. And it yes. shouldn't be rare. You know, that's the thing. I don't really get why it's not, it's, it's so rare it, 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 in that, that fucking, and I, I hate to diss him because he's a dude I've always loved to watch, but that Iverson mentality, that me first mentality is still perpetuated amongst the fucking, the, the stars of the league. Well, it's the anti, like, you know, everyone was convinced that LeBron was going to be able to convince Russ to do those other parts of his games that he yeah. refused yeah. to do. And he You're still gives. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're as cold as ice. But the second line of that song is "You're willing to sacrifice," and he at no yeah. stage has been willing to sacrifice. No. So I, I personally stand against the Sacramento Kings awarding Russ as the cold of ice player of the game. Did you see Memphis had a lineup of like 200 kids swapping jerseys today? Like that is just fucking genius. Look, yeah, oh, if, oh. You, if you bring in any uh, any jersey, kids or adults. Yes. They'll swap you for a Jar or a Jared Jackson or, you know, whatever you want, uh, jersey. Um, so you, you could no. finally bring in that fucking Steve Nash Lakers jersey. Nash Lakers jersey, yes. I would willingly swap well, that I for a Jar Morant jersey. Because let's take a quick inventory. I've got Steve Nash Lakers. I've got Dante Exum Jazz. And oh, I have. Swap. You can't swap that. That's 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 gold. Th- th- that's a fucking heirloom. I've got uh, Ben Simmons sixes. Well, that's that's. <laughs> and a I have I have the thing that it's about to become some kind of fucking souvenir. I've got two Dame Lillard blazers. Yeah, I suspect they are going to become a fucking collector's item before too long. I keep going to Rebel Sports hoping to see the Ben Simmons. Um, Sixes jerseys in the discount rack, and they're not there yet. I'm quite disappointed. You I'll, need I'll to quite be, happily pay thirty bucks for one of them. You need to be at Broadway Rebel Sport about three years ago. They I had so feel- many of the fucking things. It was it was the Adidas Nike switchover. There were so fucking many. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Where they've got to they've got to um uh, clear the Adidas stock before they got the yeah. Nike stock. They're ugly as shit, but you know it's uh, it is what it is. Um. Yeah, did you get one of the Adidas sleeved jerseys? No, they're all uh, they're all singlets. What, but what um, wasn't that one that pretty. came and came and went? Yeah, that was a bad concept. Yeah, it was designed for you know, you know, white dudes with bingo wings. Yeah, I was going to say it was essentially designed for people that couldn't didn't look good in a singlet <laughs> yes. to have a shirt. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it just, it just wore a long sleeve shirt when they went for a swim. It it just looked wrong on the court. I just I didn't. It was like garbage. It. But the weird thing is, the fucking the Cavs won a series in those. Mm. I'm pretty sure they were wearing the shirts when they uh, when they won Game Seven. This might be my my imagination, but I'm pretty sure that happened. Don't fact check this. Uh, well, that that you know, that's probably what they deserve a Cavs win. Um, other other war other. Uh, 
the Suns and the Bucks like quietly just, you know, cruising along and demolishing teams and no one seems to really care. It's really hard to make a measure of what the fuck's going on because the Bucks beat the pissing shit out of the Warriors yesterday. Mm. And the Warriors beat the shivering piss out of the Bulls today. And three days before the Bulls beat the piss out of somebody else. It's a really yeah. hard to figure out what's real and what's someone taking the foot off the pedal or, you know, what the fuck is going on? But I guess that's this time of year. Yeah. Well, how long till All-Star? It's still a fair way away, isn't uh, it? Feb, I think. Because it's that, it's that sort of dead time between the big marquee Christmas games, of which there was one, and All-Star. And All-Star sort of signifies, I guess, the end of trade season and... Yeah, you know, when 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 teams start to get serious about their playoff pushes, but because we're right on the is... um, we're right on half time right now. We're halfway through mm. the season right now, but the um, the All Star break kind of sits closer to two thirds through than than halfway through. Um, the thing is though that in both leagues that that playing game, uh, you know, there, there would be three or four teams already, you know, going. We are well well within our rights to start tanking right now, but you like sort the Blazers. of can't. Or well, Sacramento, <laughs> Sacramento beat the fucking Lakers. You know they're still in the game. <laughs> like that, I, I, I just, I, the thing I've that, always loved about Sacramento is that they're terrible. They are a eleventh th- to thirtieth place team every fucking year, but mm. they're always good for a good solid couple of absolute shit on the liver. I'm going to beat a team I shouldn't beat just out of spite and miserableness. And I totally respect that out of Sacramento. Uh, they are absolutely going for the 10th tenth or ninth spot. That is, they will not, you know, they will trade for Ben Simmons if that's what it takes. They will. They won't make it. I guarantee you the Sacramento will not make the plan. They're just, <laughs> the, the toilet. Did you think the reddish trade was a bit weird? I thought I thought the Hawks would do like they're twelve. Uh, this might be out of date because then another trade might drop, you know, between now and when we post this. But it's definitely it's not equal value, is it? You got, you've traded Cam Reddish and you've got back. I've got Kevin other, Knox and a pick. Well, you got back Kevin Knox and a pick. Yeah, a good pick, yeah. like a, a first. Yeah, but it, the argument was always this is in order to set them up for a second trade. I'm like, it fucking needs to be because this is a shit trade. Mm. The New York Knickerbockers won that trade comfortably because Cam Reddish. I always think of Cam Reddish as being because Cam Reddish was picked with the pick that was the one that was traded in the Trey Luca swap. Yeah. So he Same. is what was picked. So he is the difference between Trey and Luca. You'd probably call that trade a draw, wouldn't you? Well, given that, given the fact that the the Hawks traded away Reddish for fuck all, it makes me think that it, it changes the the metrics around how I interpret that trade because they haven't valued Reddish particularly high in, in what they've got back for it. Now, for for trading, you know, in order to let the Mavs take Luca, they've got Trey Young and. The stuff they got for Cam Reddish, mm. Kevin Knox, and bits. Now I, Kevin Knox I, is supposed to be good, but you know that's yeah. that was only because the Knicks fucked up their their own pick. Is Knox the year after? I, in my ha, head, it's got, all the same trade, but it's all the same draft year. But I suspect it's not. 
Yeah, I wonder whether they've got another year to assess Knox because the, the vibe seemed to be that they'd looked at Reddish and they were like, you need to go to Orlando or the Pistons and, and you know, be the guy. But yeah. you're we, never going we need, to be. We need current performance and you're not quite there yet. Yeah, Reddish was and, a and, really good player. I mean, he was supposed to be, he was a top three prospect the year before mm. uh, his draft year. And for whatever reason, in his draft year, possibly because he was playing at Duke. I'm trying to think of who was the other dude there. It was one of the other players who was really good. Um, yeah. Theoretically, was, the uh, the Eastern Conference is stronger than Western Conference, considering the eighth seed is two games ago above 500 well, in the, the East. The top of the East is better. I mean, yeah. if you look at the West, does any of the teams at the top of the West feel like they can really – I mean, I, I would back the teams of the East to beat the teams of the West. Uh no, I think it. I think it's it's Bucks. B- Bucks are in a tier of their own. Full Death Star it, Nets wins everything. Yeah, but, yeah, Full Death Star. But 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 there's like well, you both huge, understand, and everybody who listens yeah. to this should understand. Full Death Star Nets is absolutely no guarantee. In fact, it's yeah, more like, likely that doesn't turn up. Just because that these they are talk, fragile individuals. They talk about um. They talk about asterisk team, uh, asterisk seasons. They're an asterisk team. It's like, well, they're an obelisk know. team. They've had yeah. a massive amount of granite dropped on them. Uh, and then I think I think that the the Bulls and the Heat are no better than the Suns or the Warriors. I, I don't think that those two teams. Yeah, are, yeah for sure. But um, um I, I do think the Bucks. But the Bucks, the Bucks and the Nets are better than currently. See, we know what the pros- we know what the potential of the Warriors is, but I don't think any team has an answer for Giannis. Who 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 has an answer for him in English or in in uh, <laughs> or in, I don't or in know. Nigeria? It's, it's just like like I'm trying to think of the player, like maybe full full fitness Kawhi. I guess I know a dude who could probably guard him a bit. Well, th- this is the thing, right? If you if you were to put him on the nets, right? If you put Simmons on the nets and just said you you don't have to worry about scoring, you don't have to worry about offense. Your whole job yeah. is just to to hassle Giannis and make his life like because he can't switch with Simmons. Paddy Mills is your is your peer support leader. You'll be okay, mate. We'll look after you. You know, uh, we'll, we'll look up. We'll look after what's in your what, what's between the ears, and we'll and we'll make sure that you you can be who you can be. And I don't know he's Durant's mate, but. The Sixers are probably the last team left that would overpay for Harden. Oh, like, yeah, you because, could probably because get, of Maury. Yeah, you could probably get Simmons and and uh, Tybal. And if you got Simmons and Tybal, well, this, with, well, this, with, let's look at the same irrational dickheadery that makes Maury want to refuse anything other than a ridiculous amount of stuff for Simmons mm. is the same irrational dickheadery that makes him think that makes him value hard and high than anybody else because of his previous relationship with. Yeah, just I know Maury thinks he's playing the long game, but I... Maury might be a moron. He might genuinely be a moron because he's gotten further and further away from the things that he's supposed to... He was always held up as being, you know, the, the fucking archbishop of analytics. He made his decisions based on what's the mathematically best way to win a basketball game. Mm. But all of his trading decisions have been, get me the biggest fucking star and I'll figure it out. I think he's so obsessed with with Big Shiny that he's never going to actually make a fucking value move uh, for or against Simmons. 
Oh, look, I understand that, that, you know, I want something actually, you know, I want a star back for a star. Or if, you, if, you, if you're going to accept the, the concept that yeah, Sims is a star. But he's not going to get that. I don't know why he hasn't, he hasn't figured that out yet. He's not going to get that. No one but, wants to trade for Ben Simmons because everyone has convinced themselves that he's shit. And whether that's th- true or false, and we're, we're yeah. pretty much on this case that he's false, it doesn't matter. The market has decided that Ben Simmons is shit. So yeah. you either fuck, he's not coming back to play for you because everybody you've employed to run your basketball team has been horrible to him and he doesn't want to fucking turn up to work. So what are you going to do now, dickhead? Well, and and that's also making the assumption that Embiid has infinite amount of good years in him. And like that's a that's a finite resource. It's like it's like mining yes. a diamond mine and going, "Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll pay my workers next year because next year this is his best year, isn't yeah. it? No, it's just it's mad. This is definitely his best year in terms of 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 days turned up to work without an injury. Um, and the the other thing is, like, if you do make a trade, you got to you got to give Embiid some time to mesh with that player. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I don't – I can't see a resolution to the Simmons Sixers disaster because Maury's never going to accept anything other than top dollar and he's not going to get top dollar. No. And, and as long as Simmons doesn't play basketball, his value just keeps fucking reducing. And I feel bad for Simmons, but that's that's what's going to happen. Eventually, mm. the asset will just keep depreciating like a fucking, you know, a, a European sports car. It just it'll just keep shedding value to the point where <laughs> until until Maury gets fired, um, no one will actually trade Simmons because Maury has got it in his head that he's worth fucking fifty billion bucks. He's trying to get yeah. James Harden for it. It's just not going to fucking happen. Uh, on, on a positive note, wasn't it nice to see Clay back? Like that was just that was just really, and it oh, was God, funny because. It was good to see you back, and then it's like, well, this is just going to, you know, everything was clay, 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 and then Jar Morant obliterated the backboard with a defensive play and the timeline. It's just like, holy fuck, Jar Morant. Like, that dude has, I don't know, the Paralympics blades in his shoes or something. I I have no idea how that guy jumps like he does. Velsky Pissurius fucking... Yeah, yeah, that part of your game, not the. Not the yes, stuff. not the other part. The stories, but that too. I'm sorry for yes. bringing the tone down. But yeah, the, the Warriors were going great until we started talking about them, and then they fucking mailed one in. Mm. Uh, but that's the nature of, of basketball at the moment. Everyone is going fantastically until they suddenly stop doing fantastically. Nobody knows what's well, going on. And um, yes. Basketball. Well, for for, the, for those teams at the top, right, the Suns, the Warriors, you know, even the Jazz, it's like, okay, you you can take a few little mini slumps and it might actually build a bit of character and let you work some stuff out. Um, like, you know, winning all the time I don't think is necessarily the best preparation for those guys going into the postseason. You know, that they, they win enough, uh, they win often enough to know that they're, in that top echelon and they and that they're contenders, but just cruising along and beating up teams. I actually think this is probably going to make for better postseason basketball because, like, it, you, even the Jazz, right? The Jazz have tried a whole heap of different things this year, a lot more than normal. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like playing Rudy Gay at centre and and things like like trying to figure out their uh, their we- their postseason postseason weaknesses. Now, will it make any difference? Probably. The postseason weakness but- is called Rudy, and he's from France. I mean, well, and, and uh, the, the sad thing is that well, not the sad thing, but the, the the key point is that the reason they're so good in the fucking regular season is the reason they're so mm. bad in the postseason. Is is that Rudy Gobert is a monster in the regular season, and he can be fucking game planned against in the in the postseason when you've got you know four to seven games against the one dude, they take yeah. him out the game. If you have the personnel, um, if you have the personnel to do it, to be fair. And even like, the the Mavericks are making a little run on defense. <laughs> uh, Jokic might be Josh Green's the, made a little late, which is kind of cool. Yeah, actually, was it? Oh, I can't remember. I think it might have been um, Charks, the ringer guy that lives in in um, that that lives in in Dallas, and he was saying the difference between. Um, Kid and uh, Carlisle is Carlisle would just never play a non-shooter. Like he, he sort of had these mm. philosophies that he wouldn't go past. And Kid's like, well, if you're going to play defense and you're going to try really hard, you're you know your three-point shooting might come back. You were a good three-point shooter in college, so as long as you keep busting your ass and trying really hard on defense and doing all the little things, your offense might come back. And if it does come back. Then holy shit, we've got you know another genuine piece. Or, or at the very but, least, you might have a hot shooting night, Paddy, like Paddy Mills on the Spurs style. Yeah. What, what we've seen with Paddy Mills on the Nets is like all of Paddy Mills on the Spurs' good nights is every fucking night, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That that's that's really fascinating. That sort of late career because like he's being asked to do way yeah. more than he expected to do when he came to the. And Nets. you wonder whether he could have done that at the Spurs or whether it's it's a function of the journey he's been through, the the Spurs and the Olympics and all that kind of shit. Whether Paddy Mills twenty twenty two is unique, he's not representative of Paddy Mills uh, twenty eighteen or twenty fourteen or whatever. But it's also probably seven years since he played with someone this good. Yes, because well, well how long has it been that- since the last Spurs title? That, that was the that was the well, two, they won two thousand and fourteen. That was the last Miami think- Big Three year. Yeah, and when, then when the air conditioning went off and all that kind of shit. So 2016 was 2017 was when Kawhi left. So he hasn't played mm. with someone that good for five years. He's also a very different player than he was. Like he was a real bench warmer. Yeah, he, he was a spark plug. You, you know, he was a spark, spark plug guy. Whereas, yeah, he was the guy. He was at he was at um fucking Portland. Really, he was just a, mm. a derivation of that. Uh, whereas now he seems like a, a bit more of a leader that can actually play. Like we were t- I was talking to someone yesterday about Stephen Adams and the fact that he's your good locker room veteran leadership guy in a young team, but un- unlike Udonis Haslam, can actually play and is actually functional and fits in with your team and makes your team better because, you know, he can get those offensive rebounds and let your you know, super fast, young, athletic guys leak out. Well, yeah, that's while the, you while you lumber up the court. That's the thing about Adams is that um, he's been in and out of the lineup, but their run of winning a lot of shit has corresponded with him being back in the lineup and using that deceptively good passing and all that sort of stuff. I mean, he's not hmm. um, he's not a deep lying libero or anything like that, but he can still move the ball uh, and he still sets the tone. He's um, Deceptively necessary 
in in these parts as it's a bit hard not to see him as the as the Luke Longley of of the, of the Grizzlies, but it's working. So, so, someone said, "Oh, he, you know, he's got the best defensive rebound rate of his career," and it's like, "Well, yeah, can we can, can we Russell can Westbrook's we go? <laughs> yeah, can we go back through the tape and actually give yeah, him all yeah. the all the rebounds that like he was up and Russell's like, mine, mine, mine." Yeah, he's like, "Can you like, can oh, you poor. can you box out for me?" Yeah. Uh, a quick update from the cricket. No root, no two. It's four for eighty-one. Oh, jeez, they lost another two Eat already. Shit, England. You guys, why are you here? I, I find the fox commentary just fascinating. They, they have like a third of a good. I, I find it unlistenable, and I've been delighted to discover there's an option where you can just select ambient ground noise, and it oh, has really? been a game changer. All you hear is just oh. a. Then occasionally a little bit of fucking barmy army out in the out in the fucking winds. It is glorious. I love it so much. Because I watched, I just watched the just before we came on. You know, the, uh, green bold like three pies, and then the way you know this is the way green bowls. You know, he bowls pie, yeah. pie, pie, and then he bowls this ball that just like any top level batsman would find impossible to play. And of course, you know, uh, Milan or Root inside edged it to the keeper. And it was so obvious that it was a, an inside edge. The bat was like 10 centimetres away from the body. It was not the pad. And, of course, Mark War's gone, oh, that's hit the pad. And I'm like, the ball's nowhere near the fucking bat. Yes. Are we watching the same vision, mate? Also, I've never seen this guy play. Where's he from? Who's he played for? Oh, my yeah. God. Cameron Green's got a lot of um, sort of 15 years ago Freddie Flintoff in him. He's, he yeah. just has that fucking he can kind of energy somebody out. Yeah, it looks like a what's what's the big tall, you know that big sort of the dog with the oversized feet ambling around and then well, my, you know. my puppy, <laughs> fucking I live with this fucking dog. But yeah, and then he'll bowl this ball because he's huge mm. and it, you know when he gets it right from that height is yes very very hard to play. Yes. There will be um, four balls that are absolute toilet and two that you cannot play and you should fucking run for your life. Yeah. I've been quite enjoying the cricket, actually. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying the cricket because England have been losing. I know I enjoyed the South Africa-India test series yes. because India were losing. What's what's the go there? Like South Africa India played like- really well. The funny thing is that so that in the background, South African cricket is falling apart and there's all this fucking... It's a little bit like a recapitulation of, of all the fucking the shit that went on in the 90s in the government, it's like the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. All the people who did evil shit are kind of being called to account for their you know hypocrisy and unfair decisions. But in the meantime, all these dudes who were possibly uh, involved in being racist fucking middle-class white guys against the black players all immediately retired all at once. Funny that. Uh, and all these young players came in and the young players just quietly turned out to be better, which is kind of cool, mm. which is nice to see that the old racist cunts were actually holding the team back. Well, look, but after the first test, it, it looked like, you know, South Africa has been on this decline in test cricket and a lot of their good players have been poached by English county sides because they get paid more and have, you know, a, a bit more of a, a solid income in county cricket than they do um, in test cricket. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, 
poor old South Africa, you know, it might be like the, the fall of the West Indies. They're just never going to get it back. And then they've just smashed them yeah. the next two games. They've been, awesome. they've been really good. And, Between, and this I, is not a tired India team. No, this, this is, is a like, better this India is... team than the one who came down to Australia last year and beat Australia the shit out, out of Australia. Yeah. Um, between that and Bangladesh taking a game off. Um, We're not talking about that. That never happened. Yeah, like, uh, look, that like never happened. Patton- that was that was some extreme levels of uh, we're all still on the fucking beach in Tauranga. We haven't we oh. are still we are still on the piss at the Waihi Beach Hotel. We are not interested. There, there well, was and, and so Pat- many levels of we can't be fucked with losing that first test. And they went, Oh shit, we should probably try. And then they proceeded to beat Bangladesh by an innings at a hundred and lots. Yeah. But, but, but even like, that, but the, in, in the World Test that, Championship era, that means yeah. you drew a fucking home test series and the, and the two test series are worth more points. So Bangladesh, yep. that's going to massively help Bangladesh in the WTC just as much as, uh, as India. If India make the final now of the WTC, I'll be surprised because of that fucking um, South African series. Well, and even the, the draw, like – uh, Australia drawing with England instead of winning, and then everyone's like, "Ah, oh, it's a draw." You know, we're winning three 0 It doesn't matter. And quite a few people point out, "Well, actually, it does now because yes, and no, because of the five the five test series are worth as much of a two yeah. as a two test series. It's two just test divided series. out, yeah, so it's so it's yeah. worth twenty percent instead of fifty percent. But the fact that we've got three uh, three um, uh, subcontinental tours coming up that you know every point might be really valuable. The, this is probably the 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 thing that worries me a little bit about Australian cricket is we're three nil up, we're going on a massive uh, subcontinent tour, we're playing on the pitch that's supposed to turn. Wouldn't you give your leg spinner a go? Like what what is there to lose? D- d- isn't that the time to give him his test debut? You've won the series. G- give him a home game to to you know. Get into the mix a little bit. I oh, just, I, I don't know. Australian, Australian cricket is still very conservative. It's not as though this. It's not as though the SCG takes spin. I mean, no, no, that's true. <laughs> um, uh, Justin Langer's involved in this, and we know he's yeah. the dumbest man alive. <laughs> How much would have Usman's double century hurt him? Oh, God. He had gritted teeth for five oh, days. Oh, I'm surprised he didn't fucking report him to John Howard's fucking anti-terrorism phone line. Be alert, not aware, or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, shall we talk about golf, 10-pin bowling, um, <laughs> curling? I'm just trying to think of things I'm we could sorry, talk I'm about. Just, other- I'm just thinking about those, that 10-pin that bowling dude where that fantastic fucking line. Um, I'm just trying to think of things. Who do you think you about. are? I, I, I am. Other than tennis, because I don't want to talk about. Tennis. No, I don't want to talk about tennis either, and I don't understand why anybody does. I don't understand why anybody's interested. It's just such a oh, fucking prissy middle class bullshit sport. It's just oh. it's so obsessed with rules, even much more so than cricket. It's so obsessed with with appearance and manners and a whole lot of very English bullshit. It's like, what the f- This isn't Australian in any way. And it oh. may be that, that drop-kicking, you know, fascist nationalist fucking cunt uh, Djokovic out in the country might affect your ability, your ability, sorry, to uh, to keep the uh, Grand Slam status for the, for the tournament. But 
It's not worth it. It's it's not fucking worth it. I I was uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, right? Why hasn't done someone done like a World Series cricket of tennis where you have they tennis keep trying without, without all this bullshit? You must be quiet. To, like who gives a fuck whether you serve a no, ball? No, like, why do that, you have to play in perfect quiet? I, it's, it's more that they, they um, the ATP have got all the got everyone locked down, so they uh, keep trying okay. to launch these fucking rebel tours. It's a bit like cricket in the eighties. You know, there was there was World Series cricket, and then there were all those um, rebel tours in South, South Africa and whatever tours, else. Yeah. Uh, they keep trying to launch Rebel Rebel Series, but it just doesn't. They haven't got the. But uh, uh, there isn't a big media partner that's floating out that isn't being somehow tickled by cricket, and there just there isn't a gap to push it through. It's a bit like trying to launch a, a second tier American football league. None of them succeed because there's no opportunity to actually do that. Ben Stokes is out. Fuck that guy. Oh my god! Maybe you can go and fucking scone somebody outside a pub in Hobart. Uh, beware if you're at the New Sydney Hotel later on tonight. So, so much for um, you know the, them having a fight back after after Sydney, hey? I think they just want to go home. And the thing is, this has been a weird yeah, short, short, a short tour. And I think because it's been short, they all just want to go home. The only the thing they missed was they brought um, Billings the. The Sydney Thunderkeeper, they brought into the squad. I think after the third test, they should have just gone right. All you guys could fuck off. We're just going to pull a whole bunch of dudes across who are here playing T Twenty cricket because they had plenty of batsmen who could have come in and shored up the the great gap that they had, which was the fact that hmm. the top order was toilet. And they could have brought in a, a Vince and Hales and all these other dudes. Surely, sure they're fucking T Twenty batsmen, but. At least they've been here playing on Australian wickets for a bit. Yeah, like, and and that's the thing. Like, England don't look like they've had any warm up at all. Like, they just still don't look like they're ready to play in Australia, and they no. played five games. But but they played five games in the time that you would normally have, like, your warm up tour. Yeah. You know, they used to come out that far ahead of of the of the first test and play. You know, like the. The Prime Minister's Eleven and play at Allen Border and Oval and, and you know various states that play New South Wales in a three day or and they play Queensland in a three day. Yeah, they would absolutely yeah. do that. That's not happening anymore because of the condensed schedule of of world cricket now. Mm. Anyway, Sam yep. Billings is, is about to come in. Sam Billings drove <laughs> from the Gold Coast to Sydney, so he is the most acclimatised New England cricketer because he has been with the people. <laughs> He's actually he knows what it is to be an Australian. He's done a roadie down the Pacific Highway in the middle yes. of summer. Yes. Did he stop off at Byron and have a surf? Oh like- well he, he was from the Goldie, so he probably just went Goldie to fucking, you know, yeah. that um that big service centre out, out the back of Coffs Harbour and then and then on to fucking, you know, Raymond Terrace or somewhere. Mm. Uh, all right, Doc, should we come back and talk about some very old tunes and then maybe talk about the potential of some new tunes? We should do that. This was the Bulls Podcast. I am Dr. Yobo. He is Bezo. We will be with you again next week. See ya. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. You never take Sorry to bust out my fucking play school voice on you, but... <laughs> It's nine o'clock on the weekend. <laughs>